Esther chapter number two. I think I kept saying Ruth, 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 Ruth. My head is in Ruth, but my mind is in Esther, all right? Or I don't know. Maybe my head's in both, both head and my mind's in Ruth. But tonight we're in Esther, all right? Esther chapter number two. We spent so much time in the book of Ruth and we'll probably spend even more time in the book of Esther and we thank the Lord for it. Esther chapter number two, moving our way through now this second chapter in this powerful book in the word of God. Are you there in Esther chapter two? If you're there, say amen. After these things, in the habit of underlining, highlighting, or making notes in your Bible, it might be a good three words to underline or notate after these things, okay? Whatever you do now, Eventually, there's going to be a time afterwards. After these things, when the wrath of King Azarus was appeased, he remembered Vashti. And what she had done, and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants, There's always somebody that's going to give you an idea before you come up with one of your own. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins under Shushan the palace to the house of the women unto the custody of Hiji, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Ashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Let's look at one more verse tonight. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. I, I just love the fact that no matter what's going on, God always got somebody. He, he always has some, his, his name will be represented. If you don't take anything from the message tonight or anything from the text tonight, if God always has somebody, let's get some folks that leave this building tonight and say, I'm going to be that somebody. His name was Mordecai, the son of Jair. The son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. For it is already blessed, settled, fixed, firm, established, unmovable, preserved, tested, tried, and true. As the grass is withering and as the flowers are fading, we rejoice that thy word shall endure forever. So, Lord, open thou our eyes that tonight we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. As your vessel tonight, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do a great work in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Here we are in the book of Esther, focusing on this theme, so helpful to us, 
so relevant to us right now. God is working behind the scenes. This powerful book, this this masterpiece, this this literary work that God has preserved for us in the canon of Scripture, so real then and no less real now. We gather this theme because this book is filled with words, filled with descriptions, filled with human characters, plots and schemes and ups and downs and ebbs and flows and 10 chapters longer than the book of Ruth, longer than several other books in the Bible. And yet with all of these words, all of these characters, all of these ebbs and flows and all of these descriptions in Esther, not one word is the word God, not Lord, not Jehovah, not King of Kings and Lord of Lords, all these words and no God, no, no, no God written down, but plenty of God. Amen. Aren't you glad that even when God is not on the cover, he's all the way through the pages of the book. And here is God in the book of Esther, showing himself strong, moving and operating, sometimes in the background, sometimes where it wasn't most visible. Here in chapter number one, we're looking at a king. He is the eastern power. He's the one that is ruling and he's full of power. His, his illustrious power is raised up and heightened than those that were his predecessors. He's ruling over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. He's stronger than Darius. He's stronger than Cyrus. He's sitting big. He's in charge and he wants everybody to know. This eastern power is run by excessive pride. He invites people to come in. Look at what I have. Come from all over. All of the leaders and all of the rulers come for this long, long feast and look at my prominent display. He summons the lay people together in addition to the superior leaders and these attendees are in on this ambiance and this adjustment is that it's a much shorter feast but yet there's an array around them with curtains and a floor that's flowing with, with bright illustrious array of, 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 of fine wine and dine. He's, he's giving every one of them wine to drink and they're, they're drinking according to the law and they're drinking as much as will bring them pleasure. This is a king that's in power and he seems like he He's the prominent ruler in Esther chapter 1. But let's not forget, behind the scenes is not a king, but the king of kings and lord of lords. There he is, showing himself strong, even in chapter 1. Seems like Ahasuerus is the one in charge. There's a separate feast for the ladies, and Vashti, his queen, is supervising that. His arrogant fame is pushing him to take his favorable consumption into a flamboyant compulsion. He is so proud of what he has he wants to show it off it is god that giveth the power to get wealth it is god that giveth us all that we have every good and every perfect gift is from above aren't you glad that god is a good gift giver amen everything he gives us is good i was thinking today of how many things god has blessed us with talking to someone just yesterday who's going through a trial and the loss of a loved one and and, and as we were praying together, I was just thinking at the goodness of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The next time you're looking for God, don't look in the mailbox, look in the sky. Amen. There he is speaking through the clouds and speaking through the sky and speaking through the trees and the birds and the grass saying, I am real. Nobody could put this, put this together but me. Look in the mirror next time. And the next time you're disappointed at what 
you look like. Just thank God that you've got good, good, good enough sense to know you're disappointed. Amen. God has given us a brain that is so complex and it moves and works. And God has been so good to us. The freedom in America. I was listening to a preacher just this week and we look at the Bible times and the persecution is these apostles were fed to lions and many of them were killed. And Stephen stoned for his stand on the word of God and Paul locked up. As hard as we think we have it as Christians, we're not going through persecution. We came here tonight not threatened by the law officers and nobody in the government said, if you go to that church tonight, we're going to lock you up. You got to come here tonight free. Amen. We could sit in church tonight and hold our Bibles and read and knock on somebody's door and say, I'm not from Geico. I'm not from United Way. I'm not from the Kingdom Hall. I'm from Crossroads Baptist Church. Let me tell you how you can go to heaven. What a joy it is that God has given us so many wonderful gifts. But remember, with all of those gifts and all those blessings, all that favor, God never gives us gifts to show it off. God gives us gifts so that people can see just how good he is. So Hazarus didn't understand that. And he's got this flamboyant compulsion this eastern power this excessive pride leads to to an existential problem his alcoholic influence his adamant insistence now introduces him to a queen that says no I'm not coming I'm not coming so that you can show off I'm not coming so that you can take my good looks and make yourself look good. I'm not coming because you called me. Her personal defiance led him to a passionate displeasure. We saw there in the next several verses, in verse number 12, she refused and the king was wroth. His anger was burned. Last week we saw just how much anger, uncontrolled anger will lead us to do some things that are just not wise. His perspective, deliberation, he talks to those around him. Verse number 14 those, those servants that advised him. And he says, what shall we do under Queen Vashti? I got to find something to do with the people that don't do what I say. And this is where he is. And all of a sudden, these enacted contemplations lead to an exaggerate, con- exaggerated consideration. And these fellows begin to blow up what Vashti has done into far more than what it was. She said no to you and every wife is going to say no to her husband and we're going to lose control of the kingdom because of this defiant woman. We're going to have a whole kingdom of defiant women and you better put a stop to it. Listen to me, your pride will exaggerate other people's problems and ignore your own. Selfish theory, senseless thoughts, this extreme counsel. King, this is what you do. Make a law about this. Make an example out of her so that everybody knows you don't get away with doing what Vashti did. This flawed response, this foolish regulation led to a prompted dismissal. He boots Vashti out. Look at verse 22. Sent letters in all the king's provinces into every province. 127 provinces. Hey, watch this now. Be careful when you brag about how much stuff you have. Because when you think you're all that because you got a lot of stuff, when you make a big mistake, you make a big mistake in a lot of places. The more places you're in control of, the more of a mess you have when you mess up. 
all 127 provinces. He's sending these letters out to the writing thereof. Every man should bear rule in his own house and that it should be published according to the language of every people. We've got this man that is out of control and now he wants to take his out of controlness and infuse it into every province. Ladies and gentlemen, at some point in time in life, before we make a big mess of things, we got to check ourselves before we wreck everybody else. This is what he's doing. And this is how chapter one ends. I want you to picture the scene. I'm in charge. I've got 127 provinces. I want everybody around to know I'm in charge, including my wife. And all of them came to the feast when I called them. They're all here because I said come. Now surely if all of them came because I said come, the woman that lives with me ought to come because I said come. She says no. He kicks her out. Now look at verse number one of chapter two. After these things. I want you to think about this thought tonight. Anything you do in your anger, you're bound to rethink a little later. Say it again. Anything you do in your anger, you're bound to rethink a little later. That's why I wanted you to highlight those three words after these things. What? Let's do it now. Sooner or later, you're going to quit thinking crazy like you thought when you were mad and you're going to come to your senses, but it might be too late to fix what you don't already messed up. The wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased. Now, let's, let's just break down his old English. This fella decided to calm down. Uh, you, know, you, know, watch, you know, watch this. Vashti ain't that bad. I kind of miss her. The wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased. I call this, 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 this is a penitent sentiment. Now, watch this now. We're watching a fella that comes out of an existential problem. If you're taking notes, number four, I want you to write down the exact placement. There's a placement that's going to happen after this problem. Somebody, please listen, somebody's getting kicked out and God is going to use, watch this, God is working behind the scenes. Pastor, I don't know how you think God is working in Esther chapter number two. Let me tell you something. That's what makes him God. Watch this, God gets in where nobody else can. Come on now. I said, God gets in. God has keys to buildings that nobody else has. God has ways into situations that no one else can. says, listen, when you get locked down and you feel like nothing will work and nobody can help you and nothing can intervene, I'm trying to tell you, behind the scenes, God will get in. And here is God. As we watch in Esther chapter 1, Vashti is getting kicked out. And while Vashti is getting kicked out, God is making a way for Esther to get brought in. And I want us to, I want us to, to look at Esther from every angle possible. Because there'll be, there'll be times in this, this study that we'll be looking at Ahasuerus as the crazy king that's going crazy. And he'll mirror some crazy people in our life like a boss or a persecutor or a liar or somebody that's in charge that gets mad and doesn't know how to treat us. But sometimes we don't need to look at Ahasuerus like the crazy person that's treating us wrong. Sometimes we need to look at Ahasuerus as us. Sometimes we get crazy. 
And Vashti is getting kicked out so that Esther can be brought in. This is no excuse for Azarias. Never judge God's providence and God's allowance as God is pleased with something. Just because God lets you act a fool doesn't mean he likes it. Just because God lets people hurt you doesn't mean he advocates it. Listen, the providence of God doesn't mean that everything that people do, God is for. The providence of God means that even though they do what he doesn't like, doesn't mean he can't make some good out of it. That's what, that's, we've got to learn to trust him. We, we, we get so twisted and out of whack because we don't like what people are doing. And, and we go to questioning God and we dialogue God. Why do you let that person do that? Why do you let that loved one die? Why do you let these crazy people in the world live this way? Why do you let these powers make these laws that are anti-Christian? Why do you let this sin rule and reign? And our mind gets so discombobulated in questioning God. Why don't you allow? Stop asking God why he let it happen and say, God, not why did you let it happen? How are you going to use their foolishness to turn it into your favor? And he knows how to do it. No, Hazarus wasn't right. No, getting drunk wasn't something God wanted them to do. No, pride wasn't something that God excused. No, kicking Vashti out wasn't that something that God advocated. But God was working out his plan. So this penitent sentiment, he starts thinking about his sudden remorse. He remembered Vashti and his specific remembrance. Watch this now. He remembered what had been done to her, verse number one, and what was decreed against her. Here's what the king is rehearsing. You know what? When I was crazy and I was out of my mind. You know what I did? I let them fellas talk me into making up a law to kick my wife out of the palace. A good woman who had done me well, who had helped me out, who had done right thing, who, who, who had pleased me. And in a moment of foolishness, I made a decision that I'm now regretting. I read sometime, the next time you got one of them nasty emails or nasty texts you want to send to somebody, read it and then delete it. Amen. Because you don't want to go three months, four months, five months later and say, what I did in my anger I wish I hadn't done. I shouldn't have kicked her out. And here go, here go the trusted advisors. Look, look, can you imagine these guys gathering around? I don't want to add to scripture. But then the king's servants that ministered to him, let there be fair young. In other words, uh-oh, fella, uh-oh, he, he thinking about Vashti again. He thinking about how bad he treated her. He, he, he might bring her back. And if he bring her back, he gonna make us look bad. Let's give another idea. Look, verse number two. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. Don't feel bad about her. You did the right thing. Replace her. Esther has no idea about Vashti. Esther has no idea about has years. But God does. Hey, do you believe enough in your God that he knows what you don't know? I just don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. I just don't, I just don't see how in the world this thing is going to work out. Well, you don't have to see it. Just believe he can. So there's a proposed search. Let the king's servants that ministered unto him, let, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. Let, let's search, king. Let's, let's search. This, this advisory opinion, this, this search is made of. 
let, let, let's just find some young virgins that will re help replace her. The appointed officers, verse number three, get officers in the province that, that will gather all of these people together. So their advisory opinion, let's find some virgins. The appointed officers, select some people that will go look for you. The assembling operation, let's get all these virgins and bring them to the palace and put them in custody under Hiji, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, and let's give them everything they need. And then this, this assembling operation is made with an actual objective. Here's the objective, king. Let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. King, king, don't, 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 don't sweat your decision. We can work this thing out. There are plenty of good-looking women in this kingdom, and they're pure. And you could, listen, if you just get, get, get you some officers out there that can go find all these beautiful women in the kingdom, bring them here. He, he know, put them over there in the custody, give them all the purification. Let's get them all together, and we'll just kind of go through a process. And you, watch this now, king. You can pick out of the best of the best who you want to be your queen. Sound like a pretty good plan, huh? Look at verse number four of the last statement. And he did so. You know, you know when you make a dumb decision, you're, you're left up to the graces of the advisory of other people to make a better one accepted offer. He did so. I'm closing with this thought tonight. There is beyond this penitent sentiment a particular servant and we'll finish. I want you to notice these words. In Shushan, a certain Jew. I like that. Say it with me. A certain Jew. A certain Jew. Say it again. A certain Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't know if you know it. And maybe the time of Esther's writing is not a familiar time with you historically as you study scripture. But Mordecai wasn't the only Jew, but he was a certain Jew. Hey, hey, listen to me. You're not the only Christian in America, but God help you to be a certain Christian. You, you, you're not the only person on your job. You, you're not the only person in your neighborhood. You're not the only person in society that knows God. God, do, God doesn't expect you to be the only person, but he's looking for you to be a certain person. There's a certain Jew. To tell us about this guy, his ethnic roots, he's a certain Jew, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. He's a Jew. He's a Benjamite. Look at his history, his ethnic roots. Look at the eventful reality about his life. He'd been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah. He wasn't in Persia on a cruise. He wasn't a sightseer. He wasn't a diplomat. He wasn't the ambassador from Jerusalem to Persia. He got there against his will. He was snatched away from home. He was brought away in captivity. He's a man with ethnic roots. He's a man with an eventful reality, but he's a man with an embraced responsibility. As bad as his reality was, he didn't use his bad as a reason to get bitter. His family member's child was without a parent. And when his, cut, when his uncle's 
child didn't have a parent, Mordecai, in all of his own adversity, stepped up and took Esther in. God give us some people who are not going to be victims for the rest of their lives and will determine, although I am hurt, that doesn't mean I can't help somebody. And he took her. And God is going to use a particular servant who with an eventful reality and ethnic roots that really don't jive with where he's living will embrace a reality. I wonder if when Mordecai decided to take his orphan cousin Esther into custody, I wonder if he knew when he bounced her on his lap that he was bouncing on his lap, his future queen. You know, church, (laughs) you better be careful just who you choose not to embrace. Esther, Esther had a destiny, and so do you. See, the plan of God is, is, is not just that he do what he wants to do through all of us, but that also we will allow him to let us, let him use us to do what he wants to do through somebody else. And I can't help but think, Mordecai, just living the Christian life in a foreign land under a pagan king whose pompous pride had him acting all out of character. But God had a certain Jew who decided that in any economy, in any climate, under any leadership, convictions, principles, they work. This may be you looking for a break. I just need a break. I, 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 just, need, I just need that boss to notice me. I, I just need a chance to get from, I, I, I just need my application to go through. If I could just get my big moment to shine, they'd find out just how great I am. Mordecai didn't shine in a big moment. Mordecai learned the miracle of consistency. Get up tomorrow and live for God and do it again the next day. Do it again the next day. Do it again the next day and do it again the next day and do it again the next day. And on just an ordinary day, God's going to open up a door of opportunity. And if your Christianity ain't good enough to be 24-7, when God decides the door is open, you won't be faithful enough to be present to walk through. But if you just be a Christian, God's not looking for superstars. God's not looking for main events. God's not looking for big time people. He's looking for certain Christians who live the Christian life long enough that they're present being a Christian at just the moment God opens the door. Our Father, thank you. We, We We're so big on moments, breakthroughs, 
that we miss consistent Christianity. Just living for you. Pastor, I want to live for God. I, I, I need some breakthrough. Ain't nothing wrong with praying for a breakthrough. I need some too. But Moses didn't get a breakthrough. He's just on the backside of the desert living for God. Gideon's just threshing wheat, scared. The, the, the disciples are just catching fish. God's looking for faithfulness. Not for famous people. Pastor, would you pray that God would just help me even under unfavorable circumstances to be faithful. If that's you all over the room tonight, would you put your hand up? God bless you. God bless you. I join you tonight. God, just help me to be a Mordecai. Raising the children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Making the best of what I have. Taking my lemons and making them lemonade. Not fussing because I got snatched out of Jerusalem and brought to Persia. Just getting up in Persia and being a Christian. Because God's got something for me. Even in the places I wouldn't choose to be in. If you're here tonight, you never trusted Christ as your Savior. God brought you here tonight to meet Jesus. I hope you'll find somebody before you leave tonight if you don't know Christ and come and meet him. Father, help us. We pray that you'll bless your word and use it as you have time and time again. In Jesus' name.